Hey, welcome to the Better Groups Podcast. My name is Matt Pora, and I'm here with my co-host, my number one man, Sam oh, Skag, Samuel Skag. Number one. What's going on, dude? Hey, I'm excited for this one. It's a good one. Good day to do a podcast. The weather's great. I hope it's great where you're listening right now, and we're here. I feel like our energy levels are off. I'm like, hey, and you're like, well, you know, it might be a good one. We'll see. No, it is a good one. Yeah, and it's a good one because we have a great guest today. Wonderful guest. We're very excited about uh, Mrs. Miss Lauren McLeister. Thank you. Yes, not married Thunderous applause. Add that in, Monty. Golf clap. Yes. Golf clap. We are on different. We are on different. And golf clap. Some snaps. Awesome. So we're excited to have Lauren here to talk about um, leading groups and specifically your topic today that you're going to share on is how to get real Mm -hmm. with your group. And Sam, I know we both led groups before. We all have. And that's been a struggle. In middle school world, it's like getting them to stop talking about their math test or whatever's going on, you know, that they can't ever get past the surface level. So I'm excited. I don't know if you have anything uh, to add before we jump in. Well, it's definitely, like you said, it's hard in middle school, but it doesn't stop in high school. As Lauren knows, she's Mm -hmm. led a high school group as well. Mm -hmm. Um, High school leaders, you guys know just as well, there are weeks Mm -hmm. that you will get real, and there are a lot of weeks that you won't get past everything else. The common talks or the baseball talks or the Mm -hmm. basketball talks or the um, band concert talks or Mm -hmm. chameleon talks, whatever the talk (laughs) is, um, they're not always getting real. So Lauren, we are excited. Yeah, and I'd say I like I like the baseball talks personally, but that is getting real for yes. you. Yeah, that's that's some deep stuff <laughs> for me. But middle school girls don't typically like that conversation, mm. so kind of stay away from that. But you know, um, yeah. Do I need to introduce myself? Go for it. Who are you? Yeah, yeah I'll just say a little bit. So my name's Lauren. Um, I work here on staff. I am the media arts pastor, and so. That kind of means I art direct a lot of the media products that we do and storytelling, and I get to be a pastor as well. So super exciting. Um, And I get to lead middle school ministry this year, joining Matt and Sam. And back in student ministry last year, I did college. So um, super great group. I'm excited, though, to be back in the middle school Yeah. uh, Did you lead a high school group at Harvester as well at some point? I did, yes. So I led high school um, for three years um, prior to college, and then I actually haven't been in the middle school ministry since I was a high schooler myself, which wow. was 10 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So you led high school for three years, did college ministry. Mm-hmm. Now you're jumping back down to middle yep. school. Super excited. It's going to be the same as college. I guarantee that. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. it is. I Same level of same discussion exact. for Sixth sure. Grade, college, yep. same thing. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty That's much. awesome. That's cool. Yeah, so I'll just dive in. I think something that's super important to recognize when we're talking about getting real with your group is just the vision, right? Like, why do we care about this? Why do we work for this um, in our groups? Um, I think mm-hmm. to put that before us as we as we work towards this and learn about it is to like, why do we get real? We don't get real for the sake of being real, but we move into meaningful discussions so that we can actually be transformed, grow together, learn together, um, process things together. And I think creating that space is worth the work. And so I think always setting that before us as we kind of navigate some of those harder days where group is not going super well um, or getting maybe discouraged. And so I think always having that vision before us of what we're leading towards is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just going to kind of talk about three ways to foster this in your group. Um, I'm going to talk about setting up your group engagement, moving beyond the surface level, and then being real yourself. Um, I'm just going to hit those things and 
um, you know, Sam and Matt, you can ask questions as we go, as we talk. So first things first, I think it's so important to set up your group well when you start, um, whether that means the first time you've ever met with them or you're coming back for the semester, for the year, I think it's super well, super important to set the expectation with them. Like, hey, this is what the year is going to look like. This is how I want group to go. Here's how um, I want this group to feel like. And as we um, process together through the year. And so I think clearly setting those expectations for sharing is super important. That creates some safety with them. Um, tell them how you want to see them honor each other. And just kind of set that up at the front. I think being clear about it is super important. And just also let them know, like, yeah, sometimes we're going to have like some silly times and some goofy times and let them know that's okay. But also to set the expectation that, yeah, we're going to also share and get deep sometimes. And so join me in that and honor each other in that. And this is how I would love for this to go. And sometimes you'll have to do that again, you know, a couple months down the road, depending on the group, you could have to come back to it later, but don't be afraid to set those out loud with the group um, before you even get started. And also recognizing like, hey, anything that's said in this group, you know, safe here and let them know that and that they know that for themselves, that their friends aren't going to go share something that they say in group. So set that up front. And I think something that also to consider is when a student shares something real, you are modeling for them how to respond. Um, they learn through that. And so, you know, ask yourself, like, or recognize yourself, are you moving swiftly through a hard share because you don't know how to answer it or you feel the discomfort of it? Um, you know, students sharing, they're going to be uncomfortable and they're going to have to take some risk to do that. So how you hold that moment with them and how you do it well um, helps them feel safe and want to share again. And so um, taking time to let that moment and that realness sink in with your students, give that moment a time to settle and um, don't, don't push past it too quickly just because it might be a little uncomfortable. Um, just model well for your students how to respond and how to sit in those moments. And also, if, you know, as will happen with time, is some students will kind of disrupt that moment. Um, they might be uncomfortable themselves. They might uh, just not care that much, or they might just be distracted. And they're going to disrupt, potentially disrupt something that you finally worked towards, you finally got a student to share. Um, it's super important to remember to kindly redirect that moment and to do it with patience. Um, hold that well, too, because it can be a temptation or just a natural inclination to want to, like, be a little impatient with that student who just disrupted that moment. And so um, hold both of those students well, the one who disrupted, but also the one that shared, and make sure you honor them both. Um, and sometimes you, you will be able to bring the moment back, and sometimes you won't. But as long as you are able to, to care for those, both of those students well, I think it's super important. Um, and hopefully that kind of reestablishes some of the safety that you've potentially lost momentarily in that group setting. Um, but even in all that, I would say one of the most important things is to follow up. Um, come back to those students who have shared in a group setting that's something that might be hard. Um, check in with them. So no matter how the sharing goes, whether it feels kind of too quick or too rushed or they didn't really get to process as much as they wanted, um, come back around to them and, you know, and follow up with them as a check-in. I think that helps them feel seen and heard, even if you weren't able to do that perfectly in the group setting. Um, and that will help them want to share again if they've seen, been seen and heard. And so, and that doesn't have to be a big check-in. It could be walking up the stairs after group. It could be as they're waiting for their parent to pick them up. Or it could be even when they come back next week. I think keeping that student in mind and, and checking in on them is super important. And you also can do the same thing with the student that might have disrupted. They could have disrupted out of a, of a pace, place of pain as well. And so um, what does it look like to check in on them, kind of see how they're doing? Um, 
and don't, you know, make them feel um, okay and not necessarily they're in trouble, but just check in on them to see. Maybe there's something more there. And maybe not, you know. I'm sure there's tons of middle school boys that just are distracted, and that's all that is, you know. Um, there's not something more to it than that. I love that. I think especially, like, going from making sure you're not making every time they share, like, this long, drawn-out conversation, like, okay, well, you opened mm-hmm. up about your grandma, so now that means we have to have a 45-minute discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I love that, just a short check-in to, like, hey, I yeah. heard you, and I recognize mm-hmm. that this is a thing. I care about you. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. Exactly, yeah. and it doesn't have to be in the group. It, you can model through your group how to respond well, but it doesn't have to take up the whole time, and you can just check in after group, and that will create the safety that will come back to the group with the students. So um, in addition to that, I think um, another good way to kind of create a good real environment with your group is to, of course, move beyond the surface level answers, right? The Sunday school um, answers you definitely get a lot in um, middle school, but does not stop for high school. Mm -hmm. And I think a good technique and a good practice is to try to um, learn the art of asking good questions. Um, You need to ask the questions that you've been given potentially in a different way, right? And to kind of add more to it that's personal and, and kind of more your style. Um, I think rewording it is helpful. Um, reading, when you read off the question word for word, often that can set the tone for quick one word answers, right? Like you, if you're just sitting there with the paper and you haven't read, haven't prepared, it'll come off in a way that, that they, it's easier for them to just answer one, one word. Um, so having the prep beforehand can help. And um, if you just add a little more of your own question or follow up or rewording it, that shows that you're engaged. So then they'll also be engaged and potentially, hopefully, answer a little more in-depth than just the one-word answers. And again, that takes prep, right? You know, pick out the questions you want to focus on, spend a few minutes, and really it doesn't take more than 10 minutes to look at the questions provided um, for most group discussions and just come a little bit prepared, and that will pay off in the long run. That's a, that's a really good point. <laughs> Prepare. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Just, like, <laughs> read the questions, make sure you're prepared. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. Gold nuggets here. Solid. You solid know who advice. you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. And I think lastly, too, with that is just encourage your students to ask questions themselves. I think that can help push them into a more real spot when they feel encouraged and um, it's a space for them to ask their questions. And you might not know the answers, and don't be afraid of that. Um, encourage them to ask them anyway. Come back to the question next week if you don't know the answer. Um, and let them know that there's safety there in asking questions. And you'll be surprised how much that also encourages less one word, quick answers um, to the questions. And lastly, if they do give a Sunday school Jesus or love or um, whatever it is, um, push for more. Don't settle or be satisfied with it. Um, you know, sit in the awkward silence when you try to push more um, and leave them in that time to think deeper. Of course, they might not respond with a deeper thought, but keep pushing um, over time. I think um, sometimes you settle and you're like, okay, no one has a deep answer. I'm going to stick with Jesus. Let's move on. But I think if you show them they're persistent in that, they're going to um, realize they can't just keep with the one-word answers. Um, and they'll start thinking deeper um, themselves. Yes, the expectations. The expectations mm-hmm. that you mentioned beforehand that you're not going to just mm-hmm. allow them to just say, oh, Jesus. or Right. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, because when you start get settling for that answer, they'll start. They'll just keep with it until they've been pushed to think deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking is hard, so <laughs> middle school students and high school students don't always want to do that. Thinking is hard. <laughs> thinking I agree is so with hard. that. Especially after being at school all day. Like, yeah. yeah. They're home for a few hours. Mm-hmm. They're probably doing homework in that time. Yeah. 
and their parents are asking questions at dinner, and then they're back in middle school life groups. Right. Then you come and you ask so many questions that yeah. they think are dumb. They're, so. just, they're just tired sometimes. Yeah. So give them a chance to send in a question and push them a little bit deeper. Um, and lastly, um, being real yourself um, help fosters that environment. Um, but with that, you know, like what level of realness is okay for us to share, what is not. Um, I would say there's not necessarily a black and white guideline for this. I think there's some best practices and tips to help us mm-hmm. prevent from oversharing unintentionally. Um, and I've learned some of the some of these in my own life as I have led groups and um, experiences myself. Uh, I think one thing to keep in mind as a leader is um, asking yourself and having self-reflection awareness to know how do you handle depth in your own life outside of groups. Um, do you practice the artist staying in those moments of pain with people? Because um, that will translate over into leading the group. How you sit in some of the uncomfortable conversations, how you um, push in with people in your own life, that practice will come into your group and how you handle those moments with your, your students, whether it's one-on-one or any group setting. And I think we're holistic people, and so what we bring from outside of the group comes into the group. And so um, be aware of that. Um, and also, again, with ha- being outside your group, um, outside of leading, is like, do you have that space in your life to process? Do you have your own group? Do you have a mentor? Do you have that space to share your own like emotional things, your own struggles? Because um, if you don't have that space, I think there is the, the potential for unintentionally sharing in your group an inward need that you have to be heard that you're not even recognizing. Um, so if no one has heard something or even processed with someone this situation that you're thinking about sharing, your group shouldn't be the first one to hear it. You're leading a group. Um, if it's not, if it's raw, if it's something that you have not processed, um, I would not share that. I would make sure one that you're taking care of that own need in your life, so you don't unintentionally share that. Um, I've been in a place before where I've been in a group setting, leading one and realizing I needed something to process, and it was a good example. But I was like, I have not processed this with people. I cannot share this. Um, and so I'm going to kind of back off and make sure I wait for that to be something for a later time. And so for me, if I don't haven't processed it myself with people, I check myself a little bit and I try not to bring that into the group setting. Um, so I think that can be a, kind of a guardrail to help from oversharing something that you might not necessarily need to. For sure. I think um, this, this can be with anybody. I know last year I experienced that with some of the guys who I was leading group with, which I, I love those guys a lot, but they were high schoolers and uh, we'd be talking about some topics that they are really passionate about, but then would they would almost shift it to be like a life group for them mm-hmm. when me and I was like, we need to like make this more about a conversation they're engaged in, not mm-hmm. just like the theology or whatever that you wanna you really wanna talk about and process mm-hmm. with with me or with someone else. So I mean, it's easy to fall into mm-hmm. that trap to say, okay, I'm gonna process this whole thing mm-hmm. out with this group, but even if it's middle school, high school, mm-hmm. wherever it is, it probably shouldn't be the first time. Yes. And I think, too, the students will care about you and um, they might ask, start asking more, especially as they get into high school. And so you need to uh, just be careful that, you know, you recognize when you have maybe an unmet need that um, you just need to make sure it's not with them that you're sharing it um, when it's still fresh and raw. Um, another, like, just a tip I think I've learned over time is that I think more times than not, you will, will not need to share with your group as much as you think you will. I think the temptation... As leaders, is to fill the empty space with a story or an example of our own. And I would encourage leaders to wait those moments out a little bit longer. Um, you have a lot of students that need to be seen and heard. And I w- don't jump into that space too quickly um, with your own stories when it's not really necessary at the time. I think I know I've fallen that temptation to just fill empty space with my own stories. Um, and it's not just like even from oversharing. It's just um, I'm not letting the students have enough time 
to like process and think through. Um, and then I'm taking time away from them sharing. And, um, so I think to be aware of that, um, I think sharing is definitely at good at times in a good space. And I think it's appropriate to add and share from your own life and group discussions, um, that helps them know that you're human, helps them to know that you struggle. And it, it sets some example of what realness looks like in a group discussion. Some of them won't know what that looks like. Um, and so I think having examples um, also help your students have time to think for their own and have examples to help spark their memory. I know as a student, I when I was in a group setting and I couldn't think of an example and it was just silent, my mind went like completely blank. Mm-hmm. I like, it's the only time in my life I don't think. It was like group discussion, <laughs> silence. Um, and so whenever someone, whether the leader or the student had an example, I could think about it as they talked. For some reason, that was for me helpful. Mm-hmm. And some of your students will be in the same, same place as that. I think that's good. Um, giving examples but not giving a second sermon is mm. huge, I think. Yep. Like, they don't need to be um, put in a room where they're being talked to again for an entire 40-minute segment yeah. or something like that. But yeah. giving an example to spark a conversation mm-hmm. for them, I think, is huge. It's yeah. all about helping them process through Right. And the spirit and, move through them. Right, yeah. and not about you. And so making sure, because yeah. I think I like whenever that. I share, I try to keep a rule of thumb up, as well as to keep it pretty short, leave details out, um, especially ones that do not matter. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> um, we asked 14 our, years ago, guys, <laughs> it was January, all right? And the car. degree, it was about 36 we all, degrees. We all have those students that do that. And then we yeah. sometimes do that ourselves. And so I think just keeping it to the very general, very to the point of what really matters. And that way it's short and that it gives them an example without going like too far into another sermon, like Sam said. Um, and that will help keep some of that from uh, being a space where you end up spilling more time than you need to. For sure. And that also protects you from being more transparent than you need to be, mm-hmm. is being yep. more general and saying, yep. you could you could share a, str- a story about your struggles of whatever issue, like pornography or whatever, in 15 seconds, that will mean so much more. Mm-hmm. It would mean the same if you do it in 15 seconds or if you do it in seven minutes or 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, they understand. They get what you're talking about. And yeah, so I think that's good. That's a great point. Yeah. And also, I think another thing I've learned over the years, too, is that um, sharing your story with them is a great way for, to connect, but it's not, I think, the best way. And I think we often think our story is, is it just it's going to get us connected. It's going to get that relationship that we want with them. But I think the way that you hold their stories, um, the way that you listen and honor what they share, um, and how you make them feel seen and loved, like that trumps all. Um, and I learned that when I, so I, before Harvester, I worked um, at a group home um, with teens that struggled with homelessness. And we had a lot of protocol around self-disclosure. We couldn't really share anything at all. And I was really mad about that at first because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't even want to work at this job. Like I almost quit. And mm. I'm glad I didn't. And I ended up sticking it out. And I quickly realized that um, I was able to have some really real conversations with them, some really good relationships, and they hardly knew anything about me. And they knew that I cared about them. They knew that I could be real with them. Um, I modeled empathy with them. So I internally connected with them on their stories, but never necessarily had to share my story with them to do that. And that really showed me that time. It was like two years of my life showed me that I didn't have to have a connecting story to connect with the with the youth in the program, because um, honestly, a story did not connect with them at all. Really, um, my story is way different than their story, and so I didn't need that um, sharing my story to connect with them. I was able to love them super well without it, and so um, just realize that how you make them feel loved and seen is is really that trumps most trumps that kind of connection than just trying to immediately jump to your story to connect, mm-hmm. um, and then just a uh, 
can I say like just encourage you like obviously don't be closed off we want to be real with them we want to show our humanness um, but don't be obviously a completely open book either so um, when you just share something real make sure it applies to their life in some way um, you know you can and I think you can share example of like you're married and you're talking to a sixth grader but I think that's hard for them to connect to mm-hmm. and so if you have a story of, of maybe the loneliness and you're lonely in your marriage maybe figure out a way to share it that doesn't focus on the marriage aspect of it but that way they can relate to it in the way that makes sense to them or pull a story from your own childhood that probably will connect better to them what they're experiencing. And when you're just not sure about it, when you're just not sure if you should share or not, I think remembering that we have the help of the Holy Spirit, the discernment comes from him. And so in that moment, you're not sure you've, you've kind of done some of these things. Um, you've thought through these things, but you're just not sure in that moment we have this help of the spirit and that's, you know, who's going to help guide us in those moments So pray about it in that moment and um, seek discernment from him. Awesome. That's really that was good. good. I love that. Yeah. Um, a few things that stood out to me when you were talking. Um, and we've heard this a few times as recording these podcasts is like continue to set the tone for small groups. So I see that coming up as like a common theme between multiple topics. So it's something you mentioned like um, set the boundaries. Let them know that we're going to do a silly time right here and then we're going to have a real time for discussion later on. Um, and then again, we heard today, like, make sure that you let them know what's said in group stays in group. And I think even a good mm-hmm. practice we could start implementing in our small groups is maybe at the start of every single new series, we go over our life group rules again before you start your small group time. And you just kind of re, um, retell what those rules are and re-say it. So then maybe it'll spark and hit someone for the first time or it'll just continue to remind them, like, we're here to have fun with each other, to be real with each other. And what we say in this group stays inside this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I loved is you said that to sit in the awkward silence. Mm-hmm. Um, students recognize this and in the moment hate this, but I think they really do love it in the end. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been sitting in a senior salute and I'll hear a student say something on their little card they fill out is, and my life group leader always sat in the silence and waited for something to happen. Like that continuously awesome. comes mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time that they're graduating, they, they understand the importance of that. And you, the life group leader, helping lead them through these moments um, by them leading through those moments, I think are huge. And just setting the tone with the awkward silence um, is hard. It's uncomfortable for us even as adults leading these kids. We should practice one right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'll keep talking then. Um, and then also just the, the importance of your story that's given to you by God is is huge and can have an impact. So each and every one of you guys have a specific story. Um, you have something that you can share to help um, impact your small group in one way or another. So thanks for this incredible information, Lauren. Mm-hmm. For sure. I know I uh, took many notes throughout this. I did not. <laughs> but I have a good. Qu- I have a question okay. for you. Yeah. I have a question for you. And then after <laughs> you answer it, I'll take notes. Okay. Um, so let's say I just listened to this podcast, and but last night at youth group, at high school night, my group got real, and I completely blew it. Like everything that you said, like <laughs> I didn't do. So how do I recover and like for next Sunday night, how do I make mm-hmm. it better? Like what, what do I do? Um, you know, like what, 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 how am I, where am I supposed to go, Lauren? Help us out. I think you come to Matt and ask him questions. Just kidding. <laughs> and you um, say, why didn't you release this podcast a week <laughs> earlier, Matt? <laughs> no, I think that is, I think depending on what exactly was blown in that group setting, I think you can start next group by addressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's an apology that you need to make as a leader, or just acknowledging maybe where you fell short or how you might have want to want to have led through that better, you can try to share that with them. They appreciate the transparency, and I think that kind of 
sets you guys up for um, continuing to share in a better way. Um, so I think is is that's a good way to do it. If it's with an individual, I think following up with them individually makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, follow up that's important. Yeah. What a way to get real with your students by saying. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna be real with you for a second, and I blew it last I week. I blew it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Like you said, yeah. they they care about that. Like yeah. our students, they crave authenticity, mm-hmm. and the fact that you mess up in front of them will get you so much more respect than you think, probably. So just being real with them and <laughs> restarting, I think that could be good. Are you I saying like that. that we should blow it just to get respect the next week? That then? is a strategy <laughs> I don't recommend, but highly support. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We we'll all make mistakes, so um, the time will come. Most of us yeah. do. Most of us, except for Matt. No, 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 no. All right, well, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Lauren, for coming here and sharing. Uh, We hope that this information, yeah, clap, 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 clap. (laughs) Yes. We hope this information helps you lead your group better the next Wednesday or Sunday night or whenever you meet with your group. So, Thanks, guys. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Peace Love and rock and roll.